Welcome once again to Go Following, a podcast about movies for movie lovers by movie lovers, not for movies by movies, because we're not made of cellular. Hey everybody, I'm one of your four hosts, Victor Moreno, along with Joshua T. Root. I made a cellulite. Kirby Nelson. I made a cellulite. <laughs> and Jasperino. I'm made of I sold my soul. <laughs> We're explorers in the deepest reaches of cinema exploration. Angels to some, demons to others. Join us every week as we take on vital social issues and stuff. Not with Kelly, but with movies. So, on this edition, we're going to talk a little bit about the tragic, untimely passing of horror film director Toby Hooper. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Hooper joints. Chainsaws, life forces, lots if you will. We're also going to talk about what we've been up to, what we've been watching so on and so forth if you enjoy what we're doing feel free to subscribe to us on itunes at co-following tell your friends share give us a review on itunes we're also on soundcloud and we do movie reviews and such on cultfollowing.co if you are in the phoenix area join us on september 12th at valley bar for movie trivia brought to you by these stooges right here you know that's underground it's like an underground bar that's mm-hmm. like actually underground yes it's very very is it six underground to. it's like it's yeah it's at least six underground mm-hmm. speaking of the 90s speaking <laughs> of spawn right, right. Yeah, right? <laughs> sneaker pants Cold falling will take you down six underground to valley bar <laughs> sign up start at seven Trivia to follow. Just because we're talking prizes, we're friends. Prizes from Z Records and many more to come. For more info, check out cultfollowing.co or find us on Facebook at cultfollowing. Easy. Yeah. Word. Word. Whoa. That's all the plugs we had to Word plug. Rigs. Oh, you had to mention, uh, plug Z again. I was going to say, did you mention Z Records? Oh, well, not yet. Our official yeah. sponsor of oh, the Cult yes. Following Podcast? Yes. Uh, Several value locations. Well, I need to work that here. in organically later in on the show. <laughs> or otherwise, it doesn't work. I don't really like. I think I don't know. I do so much shopping at Zia Records. Like, I think it'll just organically come up no matter what. Right. Anyway. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I'm just like constantly getting stuff at Zia. Seriously. Seriously. Pogs, slammers, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before the podcast, we had a, a podcast here. <laughs> so, so, so uh, non-alpha audience, write in if you want to hear a podcast. Uh, you know, the podcast, the podcast sounds just like podcast, but you know, it's because we don't pronounce letters. in pog form. Yeah, in pog form. <laughs> I, I want everybody to check out my Valerian pogs. <laughs> no, he did it. He did it. it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's what's up. Hey, it's a thing at this point. It's just Kirby a thing. and I are going to stage a walk. Now I really want Valerian pogs, no. dude. I so want Valerian pogs. I'm going to make you some. Oh yeah. please do! Would <laughs> be like that's like that, that that. Just so you know, both my Christmas or my birthday <laughs> and Christmas are in December. Yeah. So I'm just saying, Pogs, Valerian we're gonna, Pogs. We're all gonna get sets. Yeah. Yes, we need a Cara Delevingne slammer. <laughs> Eyebrows McGee. I'd slam some Cara Delevingne. Uh, I disagree I with Kirby. Jasper I think she's, I think she's hella cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate fucker. 
it's so funny dude like uh when we were when uh, you did cult the other night which was freaking awesome dude creep show is such an awesome movie yeah, like i see i mean i love that movie i watch it like every year at halloween i have never seen it on the big screen um like god i love that movie it's such a crowd pleaser you know yeah we like, had a really big walk-up crowd yeah, yeah yeah super good and just like it's just so interactive um but it's funny because like you were you know up there giving your thanks and everything you said jasper and then like i like didn't clap because i was waiting for you to say you know you know and i was like <laughs> wait, wait wait now and it felt like all weird so gotta be jasper you know right yeah Word. i actually saw the last time croup show on the big screen as part of uh the Loft in Tucson's uh, Screamorama. Nice. And it was the last film, so at uh, 5 a.m. Right. to 7 a.m. Wow. And it was incredible. But did you stay just... up the whole time, or did you take naps? No, I, I can't. I'm, I'm old as shit. Yeah. And I yeah. literally, I mean, I'm, I was old in, like, my 20s. I just can't stay awake. Uh, the last time I went, actually, because that was the second time. The third time was a couple few years back with Victor and I, and... How Sue, I think, was the yeah, it was oh, the last nice. morning movie. Um, but Victor and I both took a nap from about two a.m. to four a.m. I think it was during um, Wolf, Wolf Creek. Creek. Yeah, was it. it was during Wolf Creek. Yeah. And I just, I just could not stay up. I watched The Incredible Melting Man, and I'm like, I'm done. Yes, which was awesome. I love that. I feel that like I was asleep later. during that movie. I probably I was half. It. I was probably at least. A part of that movie asleep but the um you haven't lived till you've seen the sun off the rings of saturn exactly <laughs> but there was uh that those were uh those i really do miss i know they still do them but um i know there haven't been as many in uh 35 millimeter which is why i've been a little more reticent to yeah go. not because i'm against obviously i i like going to showings no matter what but, but if you're gonna go all the way to tucson with the drive yeah. and driving back and having to stay up for 12 hours Usually after a work day, because they're usually on Friday, I just can't. But for sure, the loft mm-hmm. does rule too. I I really want to go to Screamorama this year. Um, you know, it's actually I've never heard of it before, but now I've got a car that can make the drive to Tucson. <laughs> I want to do it, but it's the weekend right after Fantastic Fest, and you know, I was like, the last thing in the world I'm gonna want to do is sit in a theater for longer after a week of Fantastic Fest. What's um, the date on that? Um, the date on the Screamorama, yeah. it's like the very end of September, mm. you know, so like the 30th, I think, is mm. what it is. Yeah, 30th. We yeah. do it a couple times a year now. Well, That's yeah, cool. It's, it's fun. I mean, like I said, I'm not diminishing at all. Like I'm actually trying to emphasize their hard work, but yeah. it's just, yeah, one of those ones where I just, um, I don't even know if I could do it. it it's when they, they would have a lot of the ones back to back, although I will say, and Victor can attest to this. Is it was a reminder of the last one of how fucking awesome Tremors is. That's like, a great movie. It is, yeah. Yeah, it really is. surprisingly watchable. I had to play the trailer for that before Cult Classics sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to see Tremors? Right. <laughs> Do you want to see if we can get Michael Gross out of whatever oh, fuck he's man. doing and bring <laughs> I him? I think Tremors was the first Cinema Fantastico I ever went to. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know if it was, I was the first at, one ever. I was at that one. Yeah, nice. That's a good. Oh, I might have to go. They're showing a thirty-five millimeter print of Near Dark. Oh Ooh. yeah, dude. And that's they're showing Tales and, from the Hood and The Exorcist, Shivers, your favorite the, movie. Yeah, but they're showing the no. I mean, they're showing the director's cut. They're showing Don't Breathe, 
and the Evil Dead. So right. I mean, this is a this is a good lineup. I might have yeah, to do it's a good don't lineup. Don't breathe, really. Yeah, that's when I was going to take my nap. I yeah. love Don't Breathe, but like, I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they do. They have to. They always throw in at least one. Um, the one before that, I think it was Record Three or Four. Oh, okay. Um, right. Was like yeah, the nap movie. Gotcha. Actually, Rec Three was really good. Probably the best of that series. Yeah. Right. If that's what you were talking about. I never about. watched any of those or quarantine. So did you guys a, yeah. um did you guys did you guys ever watch that movie Creep? And I guess there's two movies called Creep. The but Mark I'm talking Duplass about Yeah, the Mark that? Duplass one. Yeah. Did no. you like that movie? Yeah, I didn't watch I, it. I loved it. Personally. I loved it, dude. I don't have to watch it. They just announced a part two. two. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I don't have to watch it. Ago. I live it. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm so no. stoked. It's the same director. It's got the Mark Duplass's back. Dude. Like, um, I'm super excited. So I'm really hoping they're actually going to play that at Fantastic Fest because it comes out like in October. Nice. And I think that'd be just a perfect Fantastic Fest type movie. Um, so I'm crossing my fingers. Hopefully that's going to be. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. an awesome movie. Uh, there was some. Oh, The House is October Built 2 is coming out as well. Nice. Um, And there was another one, too. I know the. uh. The Swearwolves one or whatever is supposed <laughs> yeah. to be coming out sometime here, but... Someday. <laughs> Those lycanthropes yeah. that swear? No, it's the... Um... Oh, you've still never seen what we do in the shadows, dude. No, I have no. seen no, it. No, I'm no, talking, about talking about Jasper. Oh, yeah. Bro, you got to I told see everybody the story about that. I don't know if you were here the other night when I was uh, saying I that uh, I've watched five minutes of it. And my wife said, I am so not in the mood for this kind of movie right now. And he never went back to oh, it. Oh, <laughs> man, it's worth going back And then to I got it. yelled at for telling that story. It's seriously worth wife. going back to it. Apologies. I would, I would, I would recommend it. Oh, I'm totally going to. It's still on my queue. So it's going to happen. Yeah, so what have you been watching? It will be mine. <laughs> oh, yes. It will be mine. <laughs> um, I watched a dope documentary the other night on uh, Fright Night. Oh, really? oh, yeah, that's oh. a great one. Dude, yeah, it's called You're So Cool, Brewster, The Story of Fright Night. Oh, I've heard of that. It is it is really a lot more extensive than I expected it to be. Where yeah. did you watch it? Um, it is on uh, Amazon. Adding it to the list. It's, uh, it's really good. And everybody's on there except, of course, Rod and Dell. Like, yeah. literally everybody else that was it's in the like movie is four hours. It's, uh... Well, it's about... It's a little over two. It's not that Oh, long. no, I'm... T- the, 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 I have the Blu-ray of it, so... Oh. There's a longer, more extensive... Oh, man, I gotta I get that, because I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. It's a company called Cult Screenings UK. They did Leviathan, which was the, uh, documentary on Hellraiser 1 and 2, and then there they... wasn't a documentary on Leviathan? Not yet. <laughs> uh, maybe with a bonus Deep Star 6, Yes. Uh, uh, featurette, but and then, uh, don't forget awesome. the abyss and the abyss. We'll throw in for the good abyss is 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 is. They also are doing the. Uh, <laughs> they also put out books, so they did the companion for Return of the Living Dead and its sequels. Yep, they did. Um, uh, they just uh putting are putting out the one for Lost Boys, Ooh. and they're doing one for um they're doing I think are the people behind the It documentary. The original nice. 1991. So but yeah, they uh they I like it when they do a documentary on the movie and they cover the score, they cover backstage notes. All you know, imagine if you will, I'll give you a, a hint about how this documentary went. Imagine Fright Night with Charlie Sheen in the role of Charlie <laughs> and Vincent Price as Peter Vincent. Oh, I could because those see are that. two things they talked about. Um, Vincent Price didn't happen because he was too, he wasn't, he was sick at the time. Right. So he wasn't able to do it. 
And uh, Charlie Sheen was actually too handsome for the role. <laughs> he wasn't boy next door enough to to play the part. So, so Herman got the role. Yep, yep. Good old Herman's head. Where is Herman's <laughs> head? Like, does Herman's head have like a DVD? Release I would totally or get that I on DVD if they had it. Creek probably's put it out. I would totally point. pick that up because I used to watch it. Constantly. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah, I mean, I used to. That, I mean, that was like there wasn't a lot of good shows on Fox at that time. Mm-hmm. That was one of them, man. The, that was uh, a good show. I, I think I brought up numerous times on the podcast, but one of my all-time favorite Wikipedia articles is list of canceled Fox television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's well, it's one extensive of the, to say the least. One of the only cool things Family Guy did early on is when they came back after being canceled in what was it, two thousand two, and listed all of them. <laughs> it's like. You know, they got canceled. Oh, they do a that's flashback. right. Yes, it's yes. Like, do you think we'll come back? Well, sure, if they ever bring back and he listed off every single <laughs> show Fox had canceled. Yeah, Strange luck. Awesome. Right. VR5. Virtuosity. I'm yeah. sure after all of them, we'll be back. <laughs> that's really funny because I totally, uh, Mantis, God, what a, what a show that was. Um, that's funny because like I was totally I totally watched a canceled Fox show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to my section, but it's kind of funny that we're talking about canceled Fox shows. Well, I want to um, know what it was. Well, so uh, <laughs> so I'll just you know it's, to throw this in here. So I picked up um, L.A. Confidential on Blu-ray. Ooh, okay, yeah, good it's movie. a 20th anniversary. Good movie. Um, and you know we had recently those things that went out. Uh, there was like a thing was like, what's my favorite movie from this year, from every year I was mm. born, right? Well, I mean, I, I racked my brain for 1997 and I kept coming back to LA Confidential. Like, I just really, really love LA Confidential. Spawn is so disappointing. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> Payback is the movie in 1997. Oh, um, Mel Gibson. But, no, you know, no. Oh, Paycheck. My bad. Paycheck. Oh, Paycheck. Oh, I was say Payback. 97? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Paycheck, was that Ben Affleck? Yes. Oh, that, that seems, movie was That awful. seems early no, you for know Paycheck. What? I think Paycheck I was later than that. I think yeah, Paycheck was right. I'm probably yeah, off. Yeah. I'm going to quote Kirby and say, I think it was the early aughts. Early aughts? Yes. I'm going to go with a bent. Horizon. Event Horizon is yes. awesome, yeah, dude. I, I love, love Event movie. Horizon. I've watched that movie so much. But there's something about L.A. Confidential that just I find that film to be just the perfect film. And it's so weird. It's an evergreen for me. Mm. Like, I can just watch that freaking movie it over is a and really, over. It's a great. It's It's got the perfect mix of uh, noir right. and uh, that kind of old school feel yeah. along with. Uh, well, what I love about it also movie. is Kim it's Basinger like. Kim Basinger still look good. Oh, sure. I mean, and it's like, but it yeah, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't Sing feel off. like it's not shot noir. Um, like it's really interesting. Exactly. I, uh, it's not, but it, it still has the elements yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. So I was watching works. special features, right? And they talked about, um, you know, they were talking about the film. And uh, the director, Curtis Hansen, uh, you know, the uh, he was talking to the cinematographer, Dan- uh, Dante Spinotti. It's fantastic. I mean, he shot Heat, you know, I mean, just I mean, he's a great cinematographer. But he's he was saying, like, no, look, I don't want this movie to look like a film noir. And Dante Spinotti's response was, what's film noir? Oh, <laughs> you know, cause he's cool. an Italian filmmaker. That's funny. He like just didn't know what that was. Um, but it's. I just wanted to say, I mean, first of all, I, I just adore that movie. I mean, it's its 20th anniversary. I don't, I don't hear it talked about enough, even though it got a ton of cr- praise then. But I don't hear it talked about a lot since then. And I think the movie's just freaking. It's perfect. kind of a forgotten gem, right? Um, that was uh, that was pre Gladiator. Russell yeah, Ryan. yeah. I can tell you probably <laughs> one of the reasons that movie might have lost its shine is people like 
think of uh, the Black Dahlia. That's sure, a movie sure. It's uh-huh. another, you know, James uh, Elroy. Is that what it is? I think. Yeah. Elroy says like Russell Crowe. Oh no, it isn't. But it is. This, it is based on yeah. a book by the same yeah, author. I'm um, pretty sure it was so weird that that was like the last like Hillary Swank movie. Oh, like, Black Dahlia. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Billion Dollar Baby. She was right. riding so high. Mm, yeah. Well, Kim Basinger was riding high at that time, too. Yeah. And then a couple years later, it's Bless the Child. So, hey, sure. things Dude, change. Bless the Child is good. Um, it's all right. In that terrible kind of way. <laughs> yeah. In that terrible kind of way, yes. Um So, I, uh, you know, I just wanted to call it out because I think it is a fantastic movie. It's not talked about enough, but it's... um. This freaking Blu-ray, guys, like, is one of the best, most loaded up with special features nice. Blu-rays I have ever seen. Um, and it was a total surprise because I got it on Amazon for like you know seven dollars. I'll or have something. to look at. I'll have to look for um, that next time I go to Zia Records. Yeah, totally. And and um, <laughs> I did look for it at Zia Records, by the way. I did not find it, so that's why I got it on Amazon. But well, I heard they'll order it for you. They'll keep an um, eye out if on it's, it for if it's if it's at a store. You. But I couldn't yeah. wait. Um, and so I uh, good one by the way. Uh, I, like so, <laughs> I love how Josh is now selling it. Um, right. And uh, and so, but so dude, I mean, so it's got like. Four documentaries about the movie. Okay, wow. it's got a, um, a like three commentaries, I believe, isolated score, and it's got the pilot episode for LA Confidential, the television show on Fox. <laughs> Speaking of, starring Kiefer Sutherland from two thousand wow. before twenty four. I didn't even know yeah, about that, dude. So it's Weird. like, so I guess they must have made this pilot. It didn't get picked up, and then they're like, well. You know, how about you do this other show, 24? Um, not a good show at all. Like, I mean, the LA, Con- I mean, I watched it. I was like, wow, this. I thought I- you were talking about 24. I was no, no, 24 is awesome. 24 is way <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, no, this LA Confidential show is not good at all. And I'm really, you know, that makes sense why it didn't get picked up. But yeah, talking about canceled Fox shows. So uh, yeah, that's my digression into uh, LA Confidential. I always remember Land. there was a, um, I, um, the original pressings of the Anchor Bay uh, DVD of Near Dark uh-huh. had a pressing error, and they always included, instead of the bonus features, was a disc um, of a series that Adrian Pasadar was in uh-huh. called Profit. What? Oh, man. P-R-O-F-I-T. That's awesome. Pre-Heroes. It is one of the weirdest fucking shows I've ever seen. Wow. Not in like a Twin Peaks way, just in a way in which it's like, somebody pitched this and thought it was like because they were trying to do some kind of like la law meets barbarians at the gate thing but then he's got like a weird issue right which i won't give away because it's it's really funny like it's just bizarre but um has a lot of that classic early 90s like um uh computer like it's post Max Headroom, right? But it's oh. we're still in the age of the lawnmower man, sure. So, um, but yeah, it's just weird. That's you, just one I wanted to bring. Nice. You know, it's weird. Speaking of that, um, I picked up a Blu-ray copy of The Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. the other day. He had Norton one, mm-hmm. not the Eric Bana one, right? Um, the Incredible Hulk, not just Hulk. Correct. So uh, I got it home and I opened it up, and it comes with a digital copy. Uh-huh. The digital copy is burned on a disc. 
that's how old this Blu-ray oh, is. Oh, dude, it was so, so funny. So it's like the one that yeah. actually came out when the movie came out. It's so funny you mentioned that because I was just going through and I was trying to make sure I had all my digital things because, you know, they expire. Yeah. And I was going through and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't done any of my superhero movie shelf. And I pull out The Dark Knight and same deal. It's, it's like, got please a separate the, disc. Yeah, insert this awesome. disc into your computer and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's just so crazy, man. Old really school. Funny. And that's The Dark Knight. I mean, it's not even that old. I know, but that's when you bought your $600 PlayStation. Right. 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 It just shows it. you how fast technology moves. Yeah, man. So, technology. Do you have any weird DVD or Blu-ray stories, Victor? Mm, not really. No. I Dan, picked up... Danny uh, Northside keeps hitting me up for my UV codes like a, like a total, like, man, I just need a few more, man. You got a few more. And I'm like... <laughs> Because I never use them, really. Oh, right. like I half, use them. It's the uh, are expired. Yeah, it's the Dave Chappelle. I have. Yeah. You got any more damn UV yeah. codes? I got. <laughs> I have my ultraviolet collection. As of last night, is three hundred and sixty movies. That's Jeez. impressive. Dude. But some of those are like multi, like you yeah. know, yeah, like, like all four Batman movies are one of them. Sure. I picked up some of the A twenty four ones. Like there's one where it's like. The Bling Ring and Spring Breakers, so they count as one. Okay. Yeah. Dude, seriously, like Victor's Voodoo account is better than my Netflix. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's oh, ridiculous. I'm sure. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I know a lot of them have expired, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, ah, shit. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. But then there's a lot of them where I've just bought them, and I just keep forgetting to unopen. Uh, I'll, like, I'll have up. to, I'll have to use some of them as prizes for. When we I was actually trivia. just gonna say that's because <laughs> there's some do. I have like movies I have on ultraviolet, but then I got like the the Blu-ray later yeah. and there's like a code for it. Like totally. I should like get like I have them for like Under the Skin and Fury Road and movies like. that. So here's a question: Do you save those and put them back in the case, as in like no. as part of your collectorness? Yeah, I I stopped. Well, the whole thing is like if if I sell them, then it's kind of I know it's it, kind of a dick move. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me because I bought um, I and I kind of expect this, but I bought Alien Covenant at Zia Records, uh, um, and I got it used, and um, it still had the slip in there, and of course it was already redeemed. Uh, I was well, like, that, ah, that, I believe with video games too, it's just that it's just the DLC is probably already done. I've come to just not expect yeah. it because a lot of times people are buying it they're using that and then they're just taking it of course yeah totally you know what i have found i mean that's definitely true but the other one is if it's a blu-ray dvd combo pack Uh the dvd is gone oh yeah Yeah. blu-ray is all that money so then they sell it to me i bought i think it was mama they're usually pretty good at marking that you get it for a lower lower price price. yeah because i got it for like five bucks and and i'm like what do i I care if there's no dvd in it yeah Mama, tell your children to cash in that UV code. Oh, mama. Uh, Speaking of Danny Mother, small m, exclamation mark. Yes. Shout out, Northside King. (laughs) Always. I am excited for that movie, dude. I mean, that Mother movie looks awesome. Um, But I was, uh, you know, so there was that first trailer we watched. Uh, and it like gave way too much away. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, they put out a second trailer, and I think they pulled that first trailer because um, mm-hmm. I went to the theater, and it was the exact same audio, but it was just um, her standing like in the doorway of the house, oh, and it was weird. all the same audio, uh, which I think is was actually made for a much better trailer because um, it was just this audio. It almost reminded me of the uh, the trailer for It Comes at Night. 
you know, where it was just going down the hallway and you kept hearing all the snippets of dialogue and everything. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm stoked for that. Interesting. Anything when else? does that come out? Um, September. September at some point. September. September. I think I mentioned it right before the uh, before we started recording, but I'm kind of looking forward to American Assassin. I, I might mm-hmm. be the only person that's Michael looking Keaton, forward to man. it. It's got Michael Keaton. Is there anything else about? It? Is like a, like a director we know or anything? No, I don't think so. No, except think so. that uh, I just when uh, the whole premise is Jared Leto is part of a terrorist attack and they kill his girl. Oh. So he goes into this rigorous hand-to-hand combat training and all this. Well, then he wants to learn how to be an assassin, so he goes out in the woods and finds Michael Keaton. <laughs> but when Michael in Keaton, the woods. well, he's got this. Um, it's like a cabin in the middle of the woods. That's where you and go he comes to find walking Keaton. out. But he comes walking out. And he's got that look on his face, like like Vulture from Spider-Man: Homecoming, oh, man. and he looks all creepy. Like you're not ready to learn this. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Michael Keaton's become Mr. Creepy Guy. That's great. Like, he creeps what me out. What was that movie from like? God, it had to have been like 10, 15 years ago, where it was basically the exact same plot, where somebody went out and learned from, oh my god, I can visualize the trailer so strongly mm. in my head, but I cannot remember the movie. Mm, I don't oh, know, all I'm thinking of is Hannah right now. Okay, that's mm. all I'm thinking well, of. Well, since I said Assassin, I was thinking Assassins. Yeah, that's 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 a, a great movie, I like that's it a, That's a movie right there. With... Uh, Stallone and uh, yeah, shot and actually, I'm heading to Seattle tomorrow, and that was actually filmed. A, a chunk of it was filmed in Seattle. I remember nice. when they closed the viaduct for it. Yeah, I just remember Antonio Banderas with the double guns, and he's holding them out at the sides. Yeah, and it, it totally unrealistic, but it just looked so cool. And that that know? movie has um, Julianne Moore, you know, from the uh, the Time Life uh, book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, commercials. Read the book. <laughs> Back uh, anything else, Jasper? You've been watching there, buddy. Uh, pretty much, it was that uh, that documentary. X versus Sever. Yeah, I was gonna say I figured ballistic. That's a terrible ballistic. movie. I hate oh that gosh. movie so much. That I think was for a long time the lowest rated movie. Period. <laughs> it's a very I know bad it's one movie. Of, I know it's in the top five box office bombs still adjusted for inflation. Not as bad as Ultraviolet. Um, I do have a list because I'm going into a three day weekend. Yeah, for yeah. Labor Day. Uh-huh. Starting with Aeon Flux. Um, no, I'm planning on a. Well, first I'm gonna I'm gonna spend an hour watching uh, the entirety of Castlevania. Oh, so, so it's can a I whole just hour. Say this before you jump in. So when I bought uh, my uh, my bought I bought a Ghost in the Shell on Ultraviolet right nice. a while back. The live action or the... yes, the live okay. action. So they have a thing now. It's called like disc disc plus digital. Uh-huh. So you could buy it on Voodoo, then they'll send yeah. you the disc, right? So I get the disc in uh, the mail the day it comes out, and it's like, bonus, includes copy of Aeon Flux. No <laughs> way. Yes. Digital uh, copy of Aeon Flux. Wow. So the disc, they, it, it's, uh, it's got the case and everything? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, what was the price on it? Uh, I think it was just like nineteen ninety nine. That's not bad. It's pretty at all. cool. Oh. I need to open it to see if there's actually a digital code. <laughs> yeah, code right. A different digital code. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. Um, I'm also going to now that Game of Thrones is over. I'm going to binge the whole thing. Yes. So I've been lucky enough so far that I haven't gotten any spoilers. Yes. So I'm pretty happy about that. And then I am also going to attempt while my wife sleeps to finish Twin Peaks. The original, not the... So I can go into the new one. 
because she's not enjoying it at all. Um, but I'm enjoying rewatching it. So many little things I forgot about. Let me just say, dude, this last Sunday was a banner night for television nice. between Game of Thrones and what we just got with Twin Peaks. Awesome. Like, holy smokes. Yeah, that, that makes me excited. I can't yeah, wait. So. Yeah, only two episodes left of Twin Peaks. So I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to make it through all of that over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I will report back next. Yeah, time. I have yeah. a Showtime app, so I'm just gonna wait till it's done, then I'll rewatch yeah. it. Oh, this weekend is the last is the very end of the whole mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, nice. Yeah, man. I'm gonna get some cherry pie. <laughs> <Watch> <laughs> Twin Peaks, It'll be awesome. Um, awesome. And I, I already did one. I'll just hop in real quick. I'll with snuggle my, uh, up with my Laura Palmer pop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We all we, we should like put them all together. We we got to get Kirby one, man. I, just... I'm sure I have one somewhere. In the wall. <laughs> I did read um recently. It's very funny. I had the opportunity to buy one, but I'm just like really done with pops, even right. though I have quite a few of them. But they did for the new It movie. They did a chase figure of Pennywise, and usually, of course I they mean did. the the chase figures. They usually will start about like forty or fifty dollars or something. Yeah, and I'm like, I just just don't want to spend it. I've got so many other things here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I learned, uh, I guess they already lost the license for it, <laughs> or, or just oh, decided really? to retire it. I, so I don't. The regular figure still seems to be going for like the same price, but the chase figure. Literally overnight went from like forty fifty dollars to it's over two hundred on average Jeez. now. One hundred and fifty. Oh my god! Like, Man, I could have flipped that so quick. I yeah, wish I had done that. Holy but, smokes! But um, because there were a couple yeah. people who've had it. Uh, my buddy Kevin runs a website called House of Mysterious Secrets, which is kind of like just a horror horror emporium. Um, that he just kind of cobbles from different stuff vendors. He's got like a lot of exclusives, but it's a great site if you want to check it out. And he had one. It's like I think he wanted forty or fifty bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, I kind of want it," but I'm like, mm, "Just not that bad anymore." And um, it was just like, it's just crazy that those go for that much. But uh, yeah, I'm sure the Laura Palmer is buried somewhere in the uh, in the collection. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun She'll uh, uh, wrapped in plastic. Uh, don't worry, don't worry, Kirby. She'll wash up eventually. Oh, <laughs> that's oh. Right. so good. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I the, the LA Confidential was one that I watched, and then um, I also picked up. Uh, I finally, it's. I thought this was like all out of print, or I must be crazy, but I picked up uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, which is just totally just like available on Amazon, you know, brand new. Was in it its DVD? Package. Yeah, DVD. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if you found that on Blu-ray, then yeah, that's yeah. Is that was that even released? There on is Blu-ray? no, there is yeah, no exactly. Blu-ray of it. Yeah, but I thought even the I DVD think. was hard to. I mean, it must have been for a while. No, man, they got tons of. Here we go. I'm not doing uh-huh. this on purpose. They got tons of copies of it at Zia. Really? I see That's it every funny. time I go in there. Yeah, anyway, so I was like happily surprised by that. I picked that movie up. Yeah. I remember uh, really loving that movie. Uh, watched that, and I just really didn't. I, as love I understand it. it, the reason the Blu ray hasn't come is because um, they're, it's music. they have music rights yeah, issues yeah. with it. Yeah. And I know they changed the music, and he mentions that in the uh, commentary. Um, you know, about specifically like the scene where they're all coming out of the graves and everything. Yeah. He's like, that was totally not the music that I intended at all. Um, and it does, I don't know. It's got, it's like a weird movie. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, I really kind of loved it. Um, when I saw it like five, six years ago, but I watched it this most recent time. It just kind of got on my nerves. Um, like <laughs> the, uh, there's like the main old guy in I the movie. I love him. Oh, like he just drives me up the oh, wall. Jesus. Like, yeah. Well, I guess the only reason Tom Matthews agreed to do it was because he was going to do it. James, um, his name is completely <laughs> evading me. Well, let's put it as the old guy here. Uh-huh. And he actually was quite 
elderly at the time um, when they made that. But I guess that was the only reason they did because he they both read the script and like this is total dog shit. Right. And we're like, okay, we'll just do it because we want it. And dude, it's got the Michael Jackson zombie at the end. Oh, I know. Everybody. Totally. Okay, that so part was, was okay. But then, was then, it like, the, the second one or the first one where the old guy's got the head? And he's pointing at it, and he's crying, eh, and he's purposely got his finger there because you know it's going to bite his finger. I can't remember if that was the first one I or the second. I think it was that one. But he's got it right by the, right. the thing's head, yeah. and he's going, eh, and he's got his finger out, and it bites him. He's like, oh, jeez. Right. Yeah, he's like, well, and that's the thing is he's doing like this whole kind of like, oh, why? Uh, uh, I know, you know, it's kind great. Of thing well, the they kind of go for like a full-on, it's like an it's not, like a slapstick it's comedy. Oh yeah, at that point. They go even and that was the only one where, uh, well, then that stupid little kid zombie delivers that line that's so horrible. He's like, "You told, you told." <laughs> I'm like, oh my like god! Like they've got like that deep, decapitated zombie head, and she's like, "Hey, get this knife out of my hand!" Oh yeah. Like I don't know, man. Like I just it and just, on the hand, the severed hand flips them yeah, off as exactly. they're driving down the street. You know, it's I great. don't know. I, I I felt that there was just something about that movie. I mean, I love Return to Living Dead Part One. I love, 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 love that movie. Um, but Part Two, just for some reason, it rubbed me the wrong way this time. Those were those two movies. The first and second one were I had a when I was first got into horror in high school and I had my friend, my buddy that I hung out with on the weekends, that was kind of our go-to movies. Yeah. If we were just sitting around doing whatever, that, those are the movies. Yeah, man. That and this movie called Highway to Hell, which is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. if you can ever find it. I don't know who with directed Michael it. Michael Landon? Anything. No, no, no. But it's, uh, I mean, look for it. It's it's really good. Uh, and then the other thing I watched, the big one, and I, you know, we talk about this if other people watch, but it's Death Note. Um, yes, I have yeah. heard amazing things about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched it too. Interesting. I it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, my opinion on it, like, I, th- you know, look, I'm a huge Adam Wingard fan. Um, you know, it's no no secret that The Guest and Your Next are two of my favorite movies of the last oh, your decade. Your Next is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I feel just stylistically, you know, the look, the freaking offbeat, crazy soundtrack that it has that just works really, really well. Um, I really loved it stylistically. My my only real beef with it is how rushed it felt, um, which Super I think is rushed. it's just natural, right? You take this entire manga, this entire anime, and you try and cram it into ninety minutes. Um, I just wish it would have been honestly just a five episode series. Like, doesn't even have to be a full length thing. Do like half the length of a normal Netflix series, and I just think that it could have been truly, truly remarkable. I think. Personally, it probably just, to me, I thought it just needed like a half hour more. Right. I I don't watch the I don't watch the anime or read the manga. But I'm like, this is interesting until it got to kind of like um, the detective, uh, which I don't want to. Uh, I want a uh, Lakeith Stanfield right. from uh from Get Out plays a detective. Yeah, and he does a really good job. He's what yeah, keeps he's the, movie the best watchable. part of the movie. For but sure. I do think. Like his backstory, like I agree with you. That part very is very hokey, and yeah. like I don't know what the fuck. Like I, they could have cut that out completely, right. and I would have been all right. With it, it. it was totally not necessary yeah. for the story. You know, it's just the problem with the series. Like as Joshua talked about and stuff. I mean, you're talking extensive. I actually saw the anime, the anime first, then the live action movies, the original Japanese mm-hmm. live action. Then I tracked down the manga. Right. I mean, but this is hugely expansive. I mean, I, mean, I have to. It's for me. It's like hard to yeah. like understand why somebody would, because I could picture the the an episodic version. Of this would be yeah. like him like 
oh, there's a new rule. How do I get around it? No, but it's him learning the rules, and it's, that's what I like about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, his, his but rule. I could see how that's like the episodic nature of it. Was it's something to the, do with the rules, right? Yeah, sure, well, and just the story in the general. The big part to me was is that I guess I read some interviews, and they were talking about how they were actually like tempting originally to film without Ryu. Like he wasn't gonna be in there, the the death god, right? And it's like they was, or he was gonna be kind of like, oh, this is his subconscious yeah, talking, yeah. you know, his id or whatever. And I'm like, that could have been no. interesting, but the whole and it could have been, like, it it no, they could have still had him in it. Like you could still argue up until the ending of this movie that Ryuk isn't real, sure, yeah, you know. But like to me, like the way they they went to about making this movie work, like in terms of like making. The kid, like, what's that word? The, the weeaboo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's a Japano nerd. Sure. So that explains why <laughs> there are all, all these Japanese references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I guess I was hearing that in the in the actual cartoon, he's very popular. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's but then when, nerd. but by going the outcast route, they were, get, they were able to get, like, this weird Heathers vibe kind of going. Sure, totally. Where the girl is, like, JD, and he's, like, you know, Veronica, sort of. Right. Which that whole vibe is different. Yeah. In the well, comic as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a hugely it definitely I agree per a hundred percent. It would have been like a, a half five episode kind of thing. It's just one of those ones where I mean the only two things I love Adam Wingard for put the signature gore, which I don't yeah. think anyone was expecting. To yeah, I like that a lot. It made it very like Final Destination ish, which is uh, I think a lot of the lure. And then I do think um, Willem Dafoe like killed it. As yeah, he was yeah. he was very Green Goblin-y. but yeah. I really like the soundtrack. Oh, so good. The dude. soundtracks, it's like they use all these like 80s power love ballads in really like nice. weird yeah. ways. Like air supply. Uh-huh. And, I mean, yeah. that Are you the one that posted on, on yeah. Facebook? You're like, you'll never look at air supply the same yeah, way. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that, that that Celine Dion song was a cover of an air supply song. Oh. I, yeah. You know. Celine Dion does a cover I'm of that song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, what? exactly. That's a cover of an air supply yeah. song? Yeah. He's like, you're my lady and I am your man. Oh, that's yeah. I know. I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> that I didn't know that. I know. I love oh, air actually, supply. I remember How probably... is it that I know air supply? <laughs> I love air supply. Yeah. Right? No. yeah I'm no all idea. out of love, man. She also used yeah. to do, um, what do you call it, uh, the journey, Faithfully. She's oh, always right. doing that one live, too. Yeah. So, because um, I, I, uh, I might have to add this to my weekend viewing. Do I have to have any kind of knowledge of the manga nope, or I the anime? Going I didn't in? watch okay. any of that. I okay, still cool. haven't. I'm it's like, better awesome. if you don't. It, yeah, I, that's what I keep hearing. Because yeah. to me, I just looked at it as like, like the you can the anime shit feels like you can tell when it's there. Yeah, but it just feels like what the fuck. Uh, you know, I, I would have much preferred to have watched this first though, because that's what happened. Is I had never watched Death Note, and then um, I you know I'm such a huge Anna Wingard fan. I found out about this, so I was like, okay. Well, now I want to watch Death Note because yeah. I'm so stoked for this. And I wish I didn't because it feels So it's better to watch like, the movie first. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it feels too rushed. I haven't watched oh, yeah. Death you know? Note in so long. I mean, it has to have been years since I watched all the stuff. But it's, I mean, it's one of those things. The, one, the number one part is like uh, Ryuk in the, the live action, the anime, the manga is like a full on sidekick. Like yeah. it's hilarious. Well, like, he, they have a lot of funny parts where he's way he's more hilarious. sinister. Yeah. Like when I do watch yeah. anime, I'm usually more into the horror type of anime and yeah, the like, gory stuff. And I remember my kid because most of my kids are anime fanatics, and the, all almost all of them are like, 
Dad, you should watch Death Note. We think you'd really, really like it. I was like, ah, maybe I would I'll say get to Death it Note and Attack on Titan are probably like the two largest like anime crossover like four. See, style. and I watched the Attack on Titan movie, and I haven't watched the anime. I'm like, man, this seems really stupid. <laughs> well, I think the anime is pretty okay, but it's just oh, I'm it talking makes, about the live action movie. Yeah, uh, yeah I haven't seen that. It's a very fantastical idea in a lot of ways, but it always reminds me of an old Clyde Barker story that. For some reason, it just appeals to me. I love the look of the. It Titans. makes me desperately uncomfortable. Yeah, there's like, some. You know, there's a wow. great idea to it that I think is really original. Just and you know, giant naked, you know, like uh, anatomical. Like anima- yeah, anatomically blank, grinning people that just eat humans. Oh, like Lord. it's just so weird. Yeah. and disturbing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, but I actually, I mean, I felt the same thing, Jasper, about like kind of staying away from Death Note, like for a long time because it had been so hot topicified, you yeah. know, oh, like, yeah. and so I, you know, it's like you're seeing all this Death Note shit. And I'm like, Ugh, whatever. I'm not. Well, same thing. In my this. daughter kept telling me to watch Attack on Titan, and I'm like, nah, right. maybe it's someday. Just, it's funny it. too because, like I said, I, I mean, I read the news and stuff, but I'm not on social media. I only catch a lot of things, but the one that just blew me away about this one, and I've, I've, sorry, I just have to bring this up, is this whole like whitewashing yeah, argument, it's it's where it's just like it's I'm sitting here going, it's an, it's oh, an anime. Yeah. I know. Like, that came out. Why are you arguing? That happened with Hellboy. I can understand Hellboy. people bringing that up. No, maybe with Ghost that, in the Shell, this yeah. is a different No, situation. this is a totally different yeah. and I'm just animal. There this going, is a U.S. A- and right. there's already a Japanese version of this movie. A live movie. Move, action yeah. movie. So to me, like, this is how... It's like, okay, they transplanted as much of it as to a U.S. story, mm-hmm. but there's Asian characters in this. Agreed. And, yeah. and, but my biggest problem is, is that it's not... It's like, okay, it's a whitewashing if it's a white actor... But if the black guy who did a great job, right. and Nobody it's like, I don't care. It's like, I don't care about right. female Ghostbusters. No. I don't care about anybody. I don't think anybody has to be a set role. I, you can just put, unless it is literally historically or intrinsic to their character or yeah. culturally, like this is what they have to be you know, because this is what's based on, then so be it. But otherwise, like, God, what a No, this is, this is what I'm going to say. Like, I, I've thought a lot about this in the Ghost in the Shell sense of a sense of it too and i can tell you the biggest problem with why like they could have avoided that completely one they should have just made the fact that she was in a caucasian robot body uh a, <coughs> somebody has their phone by somebody that somebody uh you know they should have made it it's just this is a caucasian robot body they shouldn't have made it like this gotcha thing at the end right right and also the fact that what was it, Seaport City or whatever the fuck it sure. is, it's don't make dude, it basically Japan. Japan right? Yeah, just make yeah. it some multicultural city. I right. mean, like everybody's wearing fucking kimonos and totally. shit. It's like just avoid that crap. Because yeah. here's what it is: if you look at Blade Runner, yeah, there's advertisements with like billboards with kimonos and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like playing on the fact in the eighties that everybody thought Japan was going to take over the economy. Yeah, this was like Japan fetishism for no reason. Right, you yeah. know. And, like, I think Death Note, the reason they kind of avoid that is they made, like, the fact that this kid is, like, a weird Japanophile. Yeah. And it plays into the plot. And it tra- the, the story travels around. Yeah. Like, they, they show you footage from, like, Japan, China, England. It's just a, an adaptation. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. I don't see it as any different than, like, you know, The Departed with Infernal Affairs. You know, I mean, it's it's just, it's an American adaptation that's a different thing. 
I think the people crying whitewashing are just like, it really bothers me because there are real instances of whitewashing that when people bring up shit like this, like it completely invalidates the real ones well, when people want to talk about. And them, nobody you know? seems to realize that every spaghetti Western ever made was a ripoff of a samurai movie. Sure. So, or, even or Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Well, yeah. Say yeah. Star Wars is whitewashing. Well, yeah. this just happened it's with. It's funny. This is like probably the one time we're all the same. Right. Well, no, it's just, it's <laughs> right. One of those right. things where I mean, I just feel like, it, like Josh was saying, it's becoming so, they're beleaguering it. It's becoming a cry wolf thing. That any actual one where you're like, hey man, that actually you, know, you got a valid point there, and it's like that does seem wrong or sure. whatever. It's it's like you know everybody. It's like so. What is your conception of what it should be based on this or that? But I'm like. When you're literally, I go just because it's like it's like writing a story that's like writing a novel that the author is Japanese and the characters happen to be Japanese. It's like so it has to be a Japanese film. You can't adapt it to, uh, you know, any locale in the world. Yeah. Like a story. Well, that's, the sad thing well, is that the with, universality, universality, with like uh, should be there with Ghost in the Shell, the Japanese people didn't care. They did a video where they went to Japan. They were well, like, oh, what do you think? Why do you think she got cast? No, no, no. Well, oh, probably because no, she did a good job in the audition. We're going on to a fallacy point now. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, when you get to a point where, like, it's in- integral to the part that a character be a certain race, then that's where that's you get different. That's where it's different, you know? And, like, in Ghost in the Shell, they tried to make it, like, a plot point in the script, but then they kept playing around with it by saying, no, 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 we don't. To, I'm a totally different character and everything. Then you watch the movie. I'm like, you're not clever. This was stupid. You should have just said this ahead of time, and it would have been fine. You know, what's well, one of those instances where? Uh, well, there's one, that uh, one, Emma Stone movie. Where one she's line, like the Hawaiian princess. Yeah, I don't remember what the. Oh, what, it's literally I think called Aloha. Hawaii Aloha. That was <laughs> Aloha, it, or Hawaii yeah. or something. Well, and and it's like there's two movies like that. There's this other one called The Descendants that has George Clooney in it, where he's descended from Hawaiian royalty. Yeah, and Bo Bridges is like, you know, his. Uh, that was he, a disappointing movie. Yeah, it's That's a from the, weird yeah, movie, from but the, like literally every native Hawaiian in that movie is a white from the guy. Alexander Payne movie, dude. Like, what a disappointment, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it's just that, watch those sideways. Are, those, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you guys heard, but this just happened with the new Hellboy movie. Yeah, I just oh, that yeah. was part of the yeah. Uh, I mean, it just like yesterday, and that was because like thirty-seven people on Twitter had a problem with it. No, you know? it's because <laughs> the actor had a problem with it. Look, I mean, does, I, like I said, I'm, I'm all about contextualizing this thing. The actor had a problem with it. it's the bad guy from Deadpool. Yeah, and he was playing an Asian character, and you know, there's not a lot of opportunities for Asian characters. I mm-hmm. mean, if you don't, if because here's how you fix that. You make up a new character that isn't that character. There yeah. you go. Well, it's, it, true. it's just kind of one of those things where I always go back to the same example I always bring up, which is Daredevil. Why is the kingpin black? And I'm like, who cares? It doesn't make a difference to me. I don't think mm-hmm. a care a fictional yeah. character has to be any particular race, no matter no. what way they were written. Well, that's I, I... up to up to the person. But I mean, in the end, it's kind of like saying, well, the person isn't big enough because of star power, and it's like. Well, there's lots of people who have a ton of star power. Well, it's I have a strong opinion on the Kingpin, though. Let me yeah. get that out really quick. Sure. With the first Daredevil movie, it, it came out not that long after, like, Notorious B.I.G. and all that was in the popular culture. So that was, like, a popular image. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. like a big, like, you know, New York gangster kind of dude. So I'm like, oh, that I could see how that would be a thing, especially in New York, which isn't primarily white like it was in the 70s. 
But then when you did like the Mar the Netflix TV show with Daredevil, which is supposed to be set after the Avengers destroyed New York, you know, and Hell's Kitchen is a dive, and you have like the Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin, who's like you know kind of a mafia descendant, mm-hmm. then that seems believable. I feel like both of those scenarios are believable. I feel like in the nineties or early two thousands, a white kingpin probably wouldn't have been believable as it was in like the seventies. Well, yeah, of course, and yeah. that makes perfect sense. Well, it's just like when you read books, you you assign what you think. Yeah. Like the Kim uh, Kirby will know this. The Kim Harrison books, her vampire roommate. I read six books, and I was convinced that girl was black. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just that's how I pictured her. And I mentioned it to Karen one day, and she was like, "No, I think she's like half Asian." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Where did you get that?" And she's like, "Like in the first book they described." I'm like, "I don't remember that." So like, but. I didn't care at that point yeah. because even after she told me, I couldn't get the image out of my head when I was reading the book. She's black to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I remember this was like a big deal when the first Hunger Game movies came out and they had yeah, Rue. Rue. I was just and like, bring it up. I, yeah. apparently a lot of people thought that this girl from a district that like picks cotton was like a farm <laughs> girl or something. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm not saying. Oh, I just pulled a Rudy with yeah. a drink here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, really if, apparently from what I understand, like, it's kind of obvious in the book that that's supposed <laughs> to be like a plantation kind of wow. district. Right. You know? But, like, they're like, oh, I can't believe all these books I've gotten invested in a character that was supposed to be black. How dare they? You know, yeah, that, of all this PC crap. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was actually like people like it's one of those ones where you're just reading it, going, "That's truly one." And I am like the least PC person on earth. I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe you just said that. Like, like it's basically like I'm like you're putting on social media, so it's basically saying out loud that you're going. There's a difference between like Jasper saying it's like, "Oh, this is what I believe the person may mm-hmm. have looked like or may have been what they may have appeared as." But I'm sitting here going. You're actually upset that she's black. Like right. that's like so fucking stupid. And, and I will on so many And I will levels. say I like, don't think I've seen anybody complain about um Lakeith Stanfield's character being black in no. Death Note. He's so damn good. Because he's really good yeah, in that. Like, and honestly, yeah. when you when it comes down to it, that's what it should be. Who was the best actor for the role? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I still you know think I mean? freaking Idris Elba should be the next Bond. Like straight, yeah, up. he would be really good. Straight you know, up. it's like, and also, I haven't heard anybody complain about um, Jason Momoa being Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, I just, it's one of those things yeah. where I, yeah. it's not because like it's not contrarian. Like, in I don't fact, care. it's kind of a step up for Aquaman. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I think everything's it is. a step up for Aquaman. Right, <laughs> but it's just one of those things where I mean, it, again, it's not to just sit there and hammer it on it all night or something, or the variance or the tangents. It really is just one of those things where I do feel. That people are just so overly like. If you really want to get into the deep one, is the Aladdin casting? It's like, oh my god! Like people are acting like this is life or death issues, and I'm like, this is one of those things where, sure, it would be great to have more people, but you're literally talking about a fantasy movie, so it's like they're not white. So I hope you would pick people who are 
because they weren't <laughs> in the cartoon. And that's what we're basing this on. We're not basing on the original. Well, I mean, they based like, that, that Disney yeah. off of Tom Cruise. You yeah. know, that's what they based a lot Oh, totally. And he looked, on. but I mean, he's he's dark. It's I mean, kind of like all the... Like, uh, I had dark hair, but he was and all they could Asian all, You know fuck. what I mean? They could all be Asian. They could all be Indian. They could all be black. I really, in the end... Well, then you get something totally ridiculous, like yeah. all the white guys in Gods of Egypt. Well, yeah, and I don't think too. anybody ever said anything about it. Well, no one ever said that. No, they did. Exactly. That was like well, a what huge, about Exodus Gods and Kings? Yeah. yeah. You had freaking John Turturro playing Pharaoh. No, there there was a lot of controversy about was both there? those movies. Yeah. Well, the one thing that actually kind of gets me, well, Gods of Egypt, which, like, that movie has lots of major fucking right. problems. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, if you watch that movie, it's like, oh, they're not really trying to be. It's like fucking it's Stargate. Yeah. And there's they just... That I'm sure there's an episode of How Did This Get Made about that movie. <laughs> you should totally listen to it, but there's just like weird shit going on with that movie all over. Right. The fact that the gods are like ten foot tall giants, yeah, like for no fucking reason. Yeah. It just ma- it makes weird special so effects. Weird, dude. But you watch and it's like weirdly watchable. And Alex like, Proyas, yeah. dude. What are you gonna well, do? Well, if you ever read uh, Purgatory um, mm. by our good friend Alex or uh, Brian Polito, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's kind of how the Egyptian god in, in one of her origin stories. That's kind of how the Egyptian gods were there too. They were really, really gigantic. I yeah. think that's all a matter of perspective and yeah. how you see it. Like, oh, they're gods; they have to be, you know, larger than life. Yeah. Literally. Well, it's because early in the movie, there's a part where um, Horus, uh, who's played by the dude who plays Jamie Lannister, and, yeah, yeah, Nikolai, Nikolai Costa. Yeah, he has Waldo. a weird name. I don't know what Nikolai it is. Nikolai Costa Waldo. Yes, that's it. Um, he's had this giant orgy where he's like fuck like thirty girls, and all I keep thinking is like, so he's like ten to twelve feet tall, and oh, these are Lord. like five foot chick. Snoo snoo. Maybe 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 he's just hung like a human. I feel like right. that you should. See How split. horrible would that be? <laughs> We're gonna make you a deal. God. You can be this big, but not everywhere. He's not a giant where it counts. <laughs> Just sit. You, you girls can sit on my thigh. <laughs> That's like that whole argument. Would you, if you, you'd have to have a mermaid. Would you rather have the the top half fish or the bottom half fish? Right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. If you ever watch that movie, The Lure, it's uh-huh. like they actually get into that kind of oh, stuff. No. You know. Cult uh, following, <laughs> asking the important. That's the that's those total stoner arguments. Yeah, right. totally. <laughs> Good stuff. Anything else, Josh? Uh, no, man. That's it. Just other than that, I mean, this will probably be in a pass by the time you hear it. But I'm super stoked uh, for the uh, Blade Runner 4K restoration screening tomorrow. Really? Um, going to that, so I can't freaking wait, man. Where did anyone uh, go to uh, Alamo uh, Draft House to uh, Terminator 2? I did. Okay. Well, yeah. let's lead into it. Yeah. Then. No, uh, yeah, I went to the press screen last week for Terminator 2 3D. Nice. Um, it's in stereo 3D, and uh, what should we call it? James Cameron oversaw it. Right, so just like Titanic. Mm-hmm. So he like he like fully oversaw the whole thing. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it, I mean, to, it, 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 the thing is, it's like the 3D is not like, you know, like, you know, when you go see 3D movies now, and it's like, stage you know a stage where you can see yes. elements like layered yeah it's just stereo 3d so it just adds depth like if you take your glasses off only certain things are uh-huh. 3d right throughout the movie so it just for a lot of it it just gives you more depth for mm-hmm. certain scenes like uh the you know that shot where like he's being lowered into the steel sure like and it's looking up and you can see them and they're kind of, they bring the fire up 
so it looks like they're more recessed into the background as yeah. it's coming up. Right. So it's just more like that, more like okay. depth of field stuff. How'd they do the whole uh, dream sequence with everything blowing up? Um, I think the fire was kind of like... That's cool. The inside was like 3D, so it right. looks like mushroom clouds like that. Mm. But it wasn't like... It was more yeah. like deep, you know? Right. Which I like that kind of 3D better. But like to me, it, I, I would say it's not like... A kind of 3D movie, like you would go out of your movie to see it in 3D. It's like a <laughs> right. post-converted 3D movie. Isn't it kind of weird that they're doing this now that like 3D is like dying? I feel like this might like this is an excuse to get people to go see T2, basically. Or do you think that this is Jim Cameron like trying to keep it alive because he knows Avatar too? I II? think that's also right. a big part of it. Yeah. Well, it was a good movie to do because Terminator 2 really stands the test of time. Oh it yeah, stands that's what up we really, were really well. while we were watching. It's like, you know, I, yeah, I don't think the 3D knocks your socks off, but it's a good vis- reason to revisit the movie anyway. Yeah, and, like, awesome I don't movie. think anybody who's going to see this movie is going to leave like disappointed, like Oh, the three D wasn't shady. Be like, oh, that was pretty good, yeah. dude. Three D Edward Furlong. <laughs> yeah. Who could ask for dude, anything more? I will more? say, after seeing that, <laughs> I didn't. You know, I, you could see the scenes where like he impressed them. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you're like, a little goes a long way, and yeah. I feel like James Cameron kind of like let him go a little bit too much because like, oh, he's a yeah, kid. But he That's was he was nineties bad boy. Like he was oh, like yeah. the epitome, right? You know. You know, he was like, he was like, oh, I'm the cool. He even kid. had Danny Cooksey as his best friend. Yeah. He was bad. <laughs> well, there's good. like, because you're sitting there, because I'm like sitting there rewatching. I saw it last last year when we did it at Cult Classics. But there's the parts where he's like sitting around, and it's like he's explaining his life, and it's like, see, kid, everything you you got brought up believing was a lie, didn't you know? Like those kind right. of scenes. Like he seems really authentic, and yeah. like, oh wow, that that was a really good delivery. But it's like, or even like, wait a minute, you're telling me this thing can imitate anything it touches? Like, you become a pack of cigarettes and can get me. You know, like that kind of thing. It's just very natural dialogue. But then there's like, he's coming after mom. She's going to blow him away. It's like, ugh. Right. No. Uh, like, dude, I had a ex uh, who was like super obsessed with ever for long <laughs> back in the day. When at the time that came out, she just thought he was the highest guy on earth and so for a christmas i got her i actually if very few people who know this but ed ever frog actually put out a record oh, but it that's was awesome. it was oh in that, those like uh days of celebrities only doing stuff in japan right and right. so it was only released in japan and you can look it up on youtube it had one single it has like a cover of people are strange and it <laughs> is i i mean i i still believe Corey Feldman wins the uh, oh, yeah. How Embarrassing Can I Get prize every time, but woo, and his man, angels. does uh, Edward Furlong give him a run for his money on this record. At least he didn't try to dance like Michael Jackson. But, <laughs> right. So I guess I just wanted to cut that in as the awkwardness of yes. Edward Furlong. Yeah. So Easy Before money. he became a bloated alcoholic wife being drunk, but still. Yeah, check yeah. out the Night of the Demons remake. Yeah. Oh, that or had, that don't a, or don't. Whereas Shan Elizabeth, it's like ten years after American Pie, and she still looks still the same. got it going on. Yeah, it's like, oh man. And our good friend Tiffany Shepard. <laughs> and our good friend Tiffany Shepard. Yeah, I actually recently rewatched uh, a while back Pet Cemetery Two. 
I think we talked Mario talked about, but that is single-handedly one of the most depressing movies <laughs> it on, is. I think, on Earth. Up. I thought you were going to say Nightmare Man because we said Tiffany Shepard. Nightmare yeah. Man is awesome. Yeah, that was is. one. Of the, there are some great films in the eight uh, Those films, eight to, films die, to die, die for. for yeah. I'll just and say uh, Clancy Brown's always worth the price of admission. That he is. Know? Um, hey, there's a you know there's this movie I used to I watched on cable. Have you heard it? It had like Clancy Brown and Lou Diamond Phillips in it. Is this ring? Uh, I all? need more info yeah. on that. Okay. Well, it was about this guy who was like I think he was writing a book about a guy who was like a serial killer, and then the guy like was like reformed, and so he was like went to prison or something like that. He like, killed some people, went to prison, got out of prison, and then was trying to like live a normal life. And this was, I believe, Clancy Brown. And then Lou Diamond Phillips plays this guy, like, wrote the book about him. And he basically, like, kind of gets him to start killing again so mm. he can write a book about him again. Yeah. yeah. Nope. That kind of sounds, sounds familiar. I know, right? It sounds yeah. like a few different The things. first power? No, no, right. no that's yeah, Jeff Cobra. Right. That's the uh, guy. But no Young one, Guns? We already talked about the whole first power <laughs> thing with the... Uh, um, when we were talking about Fallen and Shocker, that was it. Yeah. That's how that one went going. Yeah. Um, I actually had the a movie's p- called Ambition. Oh, that was my next guess. Yeah. So, so that's uh, <laughs> that isn't this is the movie. So, I mean, I knew Google, but I just I thought about it just now because of Clancy Brown. Um, so I was wondering if you guys. Whoa, it's written by Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh wow, guys. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, had some ambition. Yeah, ambition. I uh, ambition. Do you recall? Got some ambition. I'm gonna let Victor go. I think he still has his Glenn Danzig voice <laughs> yeah. somewhere on, in there that he needs to get. Expressed. We karaoke the other night. He hasn't gotten over it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did have though one of those film challenges. Somebody's like, ah, oh, you know, told clerks moment. Yeah, you remember that one with that guy from you know years <laughs> back? And the way the person described it to me it was so odd. It was something like, oh, it's crazy. I don't know what they are, but it's like got some gas station opening, and I literally went full research mode. Like, was it Thursday? Am I like, no, you know what the movie was? It totally. He kept trying to say it was in the eighties. I'm like, that is not something any eighties horror film I've ever even heard of. Oh, it's a horror movie. Yeah, no, horror. it was horror, like the horrors. Yeah, yeah, used to my. Take accent. a look in the mirror. Horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, horror. Was um no, it was the Forsaken. With Jonathan Shayish, oh, yeah, from two thousand one. I was like, I was like, no, nah, I was a little from far the 80s, from the man. 80s. Yeah, I was like, no, I think you're a the little Forsaken off, is like basically the early two thousands uh, rip off of Near Dark. It was totally, so good, though. I totally watch that movie. <laughs> gotcha. Um, um, who was that chick? She was popular for like fifteen minutes. The blonde from that movie, <laughs> Isabella Miko. Yeah, she was like in a TV show or something. <laughs> Not even five all, seconds was she popular. That yeah. whole thing reminds me of the episode of uh, of um, Married with Children, where Al Bundy gets a song and he's trying to figure out what the song mm-hmm. is. Go with me, and he goes, he goes, aka uh, the episode that would have ended in two seconds if the internet were out there. Right. <laughs> I love the part where he goes. So I'm in traffic. They're about sitting in my song. And all of a sudden, they break him with a traffic report. Four people dead. Four people dead. <laughs> Dude, I love the part where he like goes to like the it's like a the record, record store, store. Yes. and they're like experts, and they're giving him nothing, and they're like, "Oh, it's this yeah. song," and he goes up like, "I don't know." It's <laughs> so good. That's and great. now there's an app for it, right? Um, and I do just remember that movie I was trying to talk about when you're talking about American Assassin, The Hunted. 
Oh, yeah. Jones yeah. And Benicio Del Toro. Oh, I remember yeah. that Which was movie. directed by William Friedkin. I, I loved that movie. Yeah. I, was, I thought it was great. Man yeah. is the most dangerous game. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Well, oh, that was Ice-T. Are you sure that wasn't uh, <laughs> the most... The da- was it Dangerous Game or something? Ice-T. No. Yeah. no that was, was Surviving the Surviving the Game. Surviving the game. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, yeah. the hunted uh, tagline yeah. was... Some men must be found. Yes. <laughs> and that's not an M for M Craigslist personal right. ad. Oh. Oh. Zing. Crisco mm-hmm. Disco up on call mm-hmm. following. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was uh, actually a really good movie. That was during a good Tommy Lee Jones run right after he did Fugitive and, uh, Cold Mountain, or it was like way after. This is way, this way is before. 2003. Way before yeah. Cold Mountain. Yeah. But I just I don't care. Remember. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, I, I didn't kill care. my wife. I don't care. There's never a bad Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Place, by the way, like he consistently is awesome. We need to search every hen house, whorehouse, pecker house, whatever, <laughs> toll house. Well, no. The interesting <laughs> part to the William Friedkin is the last movie I remember him doing was uh, that one with uh, Rules of Engagement. Oh, where it was like oh, I actually yeah. saw my father yeah. in the theater. I think we were the only people there, yeah. and that movie Samuel got Jackson. Huge, yeah, hugely yes. panned. But he did. Um, yeah, that was the last Set in movie. Yemen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was where the first time I learned about Yemen and where yeah. Yemen is. That's like, important. That's a Carmen San Diego moment yeah, right? right there. Where in the world? <laughs> actually, it's William Friedkin's birthday actually yesterday. Wow! So, happy birthday, buddy! All right. Yeah, he did. Um, Jade. Yes, he did. Do I that. remember Jade. <laughs> yeah, I remember Starring Jade. Starring Linda Fiorentino uh, Linda and David Caruso. David Caruso. Oh my gosh. A great body. Wasn't. Um, He's got kind of a Queen of the Undead thing going on. Session 9, kind of his I last think that was, Did that come out right before or right after uh, Dogma? Um, before Jade? Before. Yeah, before. before Dogma. Yeah, Dogma yeah. was 99. Jade, yeah. I think it was like yeah. 97 Seven, or 98. I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he clearly didn't... Kevin Smith was watching. It's like I that was yeah, David Caruso <laughs> had uh, David Caruso had left, um, you know, NYPD, NYPD Blue, Blue to for his burgeoning film career, which turned which which was uh, that and what was that Nicolas Cage movie that he did? Um, oh God, where Nicolas Cage played played like a freaking like a gangster dude. Oh, what is it? Now? No, he's not in Lord of War. It wasn't. No. Oh, Lord of was War. it uh, Snake no, no, Eyes? Nicholas Cage. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. It was, no, um, David Caruso. Oh, shit. Snake Eyes, he was a crooked cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'll find it here. It was like, it, no, it's like, it's crazy because it's like Nicholas Cage is like this total hardened, badass dude. <laughs> Kiss of Death. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, wow. yeah, there we go. He's in a forgettable Cage. Nicholas yeah, yeah. Cage. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah, this actually... is my friend, David Caruso. <laughs> yeah, he literally did The Guardian in 1990, Jade, Rules of Engagement, The Hunted, Bug, and Killer Joe. That's literally the whole freaking, uh, besides wow. television. How the Mighty Have I Fallen. remember Killer Joe got some good uh Yeah, for 20, 21. Air Bug is really good. Yeah, Bug was good. But yeah. the big problem with Bug is they were trying to uh, market it as a horror movie. Yeah. But it it's really good. about meth addicts. Pretty much, yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. Anything else, man? Uh, oh, yeah, because that was a whole Terminator 2 conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Somewhere Bring there. it around, right. Sam. Um, let me see. What else? Duh, 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 duh. I know why you cry. 
Uh, Wonder Woman is that on Voodoo now? Rewatch that. Oh, that means I get to buy it on physical media soon. That's yes. awesome. It is still solid. A solid, solid movie. Um, I could rent that and Shin Godzilla this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Have you seen Shin Godzilla? No, I'm renting it this weekend. Still need to watch think. that. Adding it um, to my list. I will say, even though this doesn't really count as something I watched yet, uh, I just bought the uh, High Def Ninja Steelbook exclusive, Suspiria. Ooh. This yeah, is so a synapse. Ver- this is a nice. synapse version, but it's in a uh, slipcase with uh, art cards and stuff. It was only cool. like I think ten dollars more. It, I didn't get the first choice of art that I wanted. I wanted to get the Matt Ryan Tobin cover that uh, has uh, Jessica Harper kind of painted on it. Right. But I ended up getting my second choice, which is like a close up of her eyeball with like blood dripping down the side, and the back of it is uh, the girl from the first death scene. Right. And she's lying in the middle of the, nice. uh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. geometric yep. pattern floor. Yeah. yeah. Having just watched that film for the first time in the last few months, wow. I definitely do. Yeah. So that's the one I got. It has some art cards. There's one more. And the guy who did the art for that, his name is Dark Inker. And then they have a third one by something somebody named Quilt Face Studios. And it's like a ballet uh, I, I like his, some, some of his stuff. I didn't really like. Are the... you talking about the synapse version? Yeah, the synapse version. Like, do this. Google. No, I'm looking at it right now. I already bought it, but the interesting part is I don't actually remember getting a choice of covers. No, no, no. Go do this. Google uh, Suspiria High High Def Ninja. Like oh, three okay. words. Oh, it's another a High Def Ninja. I got you now. Yeah. It's a different site. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Basically, they do exclusive versions of uh, the Synapse ones, like they did one for uh, for Phenomena, one for okay. Tenebra, and so they did three, uh, uh, one like this. They 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 had like a bunch of different exclusives. One included like enamel. Pins. I see them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know about this. See, did they wow, have an enamel pin for, of the? Peacock? Thanks for helping me waste more money, Victor. I thought you knew about this. <laughs> I assumed you would have. You bought the one that had all three of them. No, I saw there was a. <laughs> what is this? The platinum pack. Yeah. Let's see. Are limited to twenty-five. Wow. How much money can we 25? waste? They have matching numbers. Oh, of course they do. Jeez. Just a hundred ninety-nine ninety-nine. As Suspiria is my favorite Argento film, I still would not pay for that, but. No. That is very cool. I actually just bought the regular one that was on. That's um, something that'd be worth something. Yeah, it has though. the regular one in the box. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, so that one is there. It's just a different. It drives me crazy this whole thing of like not getting something and then having it be super valuable. Well, it sucks because like, but you never know. They had the, the, the this know. one. I got a version of the one I wanted, but they didn't have the one I right. wanted. Well, yeah. So for me, it's like I got. Yeah, I just bought the steel book on Synapse because usually Synapse does only exclusive to their site yeah. for their steel books and then they let diabolic dvds have some of their titles yeah like, like, i recently found these people. yeah i had never even heard of yeah this. like look at it this way josh when i bought they're my... like zavi this, this site is yeah, like zavi. zavi that's why i figured yeah when i bought my anchor bay tin of the beyond yeah i was convinced that was going to be a gold mine later right, on right now you can get all those anchor bay tins yeah. Totally. On Amazon for like fifteen bucks. Well, I was Except just like maniac. Except maniac yeah, still goes for quite a we bit. We were talking yeah. about that that documentary, the Rock of Fire explosion. Oh yeah, and I I really really love that documentary. I watched it on Netflix. It's no longer on Netflix, 
And so I was like, I really want to pick this movie up on DVD. I remember thinking about buying it a while back when you could get it for $10. Now the cheapest I can find it is 75 Why? For a DVD. Because it probably had a very low production run. Yeah. You That's know? how a lot of stuff, yeah. like the Twin Peaks completes that I have in yeah. there on my, is like 200 bucks now. Because right. it just became suddenly popular because of the, sh- the And it just, it, show, it, it, it makes show. me become this like obsessive buyer it's like well, right. I, gotta, I gotta get it which, now which is what they knows? want yeah I know. watch me bring this around right now you kind of wonder how that rock of fire documentary had been had it been directed by toby hooper yeah there you just brought us into our subject i think it'd be oh. freaking radical. i had a few titles to talk about but oh, i'm sorry we'll do them later no no no, no. go good. for it no no i can tie it back to to hooper but I just have to say, it was funny we were talking That's about the. Uh, is a great transition. I totally fucking ruined it. We'll just edit lie. that out. I want to talk about horrible movies I saw. All right. Oh, oh, which really, I only have two quick ones. One, I just want to. Um, I don't know if I want to thank Victor or hate his guts <laughs> for for inconceivable. Oh boy! I told you it was amazing. <laughs> but Shut it, up! It, but it's it also, awesome. It also was incredible. It is literally there were so many scenes where like. Was that it, the Nicolas Cage one? Yes. Oh, oh you can own it now. I'm going to buy it this weekend. I feel like oh, I've seen man. the movie it from is, your great description. Yes, right. v- Victor, there are a couple <laughs> scenes. I will say the uh, the, the scene in the, wa- in the water in the lake. I was like, oh, 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 wait, it's a fucking scene. Hold on. Like, and literally, <laughs> it was even more amazing. The scene with the, the way um, she just flops into yeah, the water like and, bonk. Well, no, it's like I, I watched it. I'm like, where, where, where's the dumbbell? Where is it? And then, like, all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, comes the dumbbell. There was another scene. Even though, she, like, they're makes, standing in pretty deep water. Yeah. Where the fuck did this dumbbell come It kind of makes from? you wonder where she, she was hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and the girl weighs, like, ten pounds. pounds. So you're watching the whole thing. like, my God, this girl should be dead. She's so skinny. I, I've got to say, I've seen quite a few of what you might call a paycheck movie. <laughs> That's not how paycheck. Um, but, I mean, it's not even just Nicolas oh, yeah. Cage. And Nicolas Gina Cage Trudge. and Faye Dunaway. It's Faye Dunaway. Oh, Faye Dunaway. What a, this is the ultimate uh, dialing it in here. You know, it is just unbelievable. She just is like. Like, there's a few points where she like, he says something to her and she's like, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about that time I fucked up at the Oscars. <laughs> uh-huh. But she is literally like, I. She probably said, "I was like, oh, it's part of my character. I'm kind of an older mother who's uh, starting to have senior <laughs> yeah. moments or eh? some Lala shit like Land? that." What? Yeah. <laughs> but she, it is amazing. I will say, if you love, I mean, it has got to be. It is a lifetime movie. I found it's the director's first movie. And I think it's the the screenwriter's first sold script. Wow! Oh, God, and they got now. Nicolas Cage and right. Faye Dunaway in the and same movie. movie but was... you could totally tell all the all the all the drone shots, right? Oh, the <laughs> drone shot—the one where it comes in on the house, though. Yeah, and it's literally in slow motion, like it's it's full motion video. Yeah, it's the most amazing thing that this movie. Uh, can you like I, hear the propellers of the drone? I looked it up too, and this movie costs like twenty something million plus oh, to make. No, what? where yeah. the fuck did that money Wait, go? And Nicholas Cage and Faye Dunaway com- is almost completely oh, confined to one house. And Talk about a house. paycheck movie. Holy yeah, smokes. but um, there are so many. I've seen there. Rolf Kaneski Skinamax <laughs> porn movies that look more expensive. <laughs> this feels this like this movie. is some kind of like producers esque scam. You know, a movie like that could be twenty million dollars. Well, I've always heard like yeah, there's well, this Faye movie. Well, Dunaway made fifteen. Right. There's so. this movie that came out like ten years ago called Redline, 
And uh, the guy who directed it, basically this guy who collected like super expensive cars, I think he was died the, in a car crash. Was this the one with Eddie Griffin? Yes, yes Eddie yeah. Griffin. I remember and then that. the main chick in it is like, uh, was the dude's girlfriend, Nadia Poulin, and she was like some chick on all my children. And the movie cost like fucking something like and fifty he million dollars. Yeah, he crashed that. like uh, an Enzo one Ferrari in total. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like the most expensive car in the world. It's like a quarter of a million dollars wow. or something at the time. Yeah, so um I'm sorry. I, I overinflate as usual, much like my wild accusations <laughs> at celebrities. It was twelve point eight million. Uh, where did that money Still. go? And right. box Still. office. There actually was a box office. What? Two hundred eighteen thousand dollars and one hundred seven. Two hundred eighteen thousand one hundred seventy nine. Just want to say, wow. L.A. Confidential was a fifteen million dollar movie. Yeah. Okay. So what right. the fuck, dude? <laughs> twelve million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I haven't gotten around to. Uh, what was the other one? The one with Rosario Dawson. I rented it and then we didn't get a chance to watch. Obsessed? Is that what no. it was? Obsession? Is it Obsession? Uh, I no, think no, it's it Catherine Heigl. It's uh, it's another word. It's not like <laughs> it's not like uh, it's sort of like knocked up too. <laughs> it's like inconceivable, but it's some, some right. yeah, it, un- yeah. Un- un- unforgettable. Th- unforgettable. Unforgettable. That was it. Irreplaceable. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, obsessed. The obsession, obsessed is the isn't that the yeah. one with Idris one? Elba, yeah, yeah. Beyonce? Yes. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Got it. Anyway, so yeah, definitely check it out. Victor did not undersell it at all. It <laughs> undersold itself. Um, I uh, we talked about Death Note. Um, I actually just want to make a nomination after we talked about Spawn and everything else. I we can talk about this movie in general uh, again. Just the Red Box rental lady wanted to watch it but it was uh nomination for i can't believe it's 2017 and you can't make fire look real baywatch oh, oh no. no oh my god you i have still to have see not watched shit. that um because here's my frank what, welker's voice you can practically what's hear the girl's name in this movie like uh daddario alexander yeah. daddario okay yeah I you can watch True Detective or any other number of movies. See this girl completely naked. Yeah, it's true. Why would you watch Baywatch? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But they had it's like um, they're playing it up as a TNA movie. I'm yeah, just saying, I would, here. I would, I would have gone to cover that screening. Yeah, yeah. I just, I would have done it. Well, I it was taken one um, the team. absolutely. Well, absolutely Kirby awful. just took the. <laughs> I took the bullet for everybody. You Alright, I need to know. So, what's the deal with this? It's a comedy. <laughs> no, no, that's the, the thing. Is it? I've heard know all it is is like dick jokes. It it literally oh it has a ton of dick jokes, ton of I don't think any fart jokes. Those they save for the kids movies, but um <laughs> these days. But no, I mean I literally cannot tell you what this movie is. It's wow. like comedy, sure, it's in there to whatever degree you consider, you know, whatever your sense of humor is. But then it's like slapstick, sure. But then it goes like it tries to go full on like we're gonna be like silk stockings or something like and. You ended up being Pacific Blue. Um, oh God! Right, who actually remembers that? Um, I do. Yeah, it's basically like one of the weirdest films. They um, they do. I will say this: they throw in, of course, the Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson cameos. Of course, but they come at like almost the very end of the movie, 
They're not is in it, any way so clever. So is this like 21 Jump Street? No, because 21 Jump Street actually, was actually laughed. Funny. And I yeah. actually thought it was a very clever meta. Yes. This mm-hmm. is just one of those films where I'm like, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. No one knows what's going on. The only funny part about this whole movie, I mean, there's the usual, it's like the sidekick thing. It's like I took the one for the team with Snatch. It was like the one brother who's like the sidekick roles. It's the exact same one. It's always like the funny Jewish sidekick guy. Uh, the awkward dude is actually the only part who has like actual comedic talent. But I will say, Zach Efron playing Ryan Lochte is actually pretty <laughs> spot on. Like I'll give him that that they actually did that part right because that dude is borderline retarded. <laughs> um, so and you know Zach Efron did that part well, but. I think um, Zach Efron was good in the Neighbors movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. I mean, he can be funny. Same with uh, what's his name, Dave Franco. Like they right. actually can sometimes do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a red box rental at most. Yeah. And uh, but um, and then I um, well, I got one here for the meat of uh, Delvin to Hooper. But uh, I will say. I'm just anticipating um, the death of John Carpenter here shortly. Whoa, whoa. So, um, hang on, yes. whoa, you man! Take that back. <laughs> whoa. So I, um, well, I figure the uh, the uh, tri or not trifecta, the uh, the uh, quadruple. Uh, I don't. Yeah, the perfecta. I can't believe you even said that. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, come on. It's uh, his his rage. When Adam when him. Adam hears this, he's gonna fall out of his chair. Yep. Don't please Adam. <laughs> I love you. Uh, and I love John Carpenter. Don't hope. I really, as this oh is the gosh. anniversary of Wes Craven's passing as well. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much though have you know come to the understanding. I think he's gonna live the longest though because um, I think he smoked the most and did the most right. drugs and lived <laughs> the craziest life. So right. and he's definitely the most angry and bitter. Um, he um, I did watch though his one of his films. I literally have I bought him Shout years ago, or a year ago, and I. Ben the Rap decided to watch it was a uh, Village of the Dam. Oh, mm. I, I rewatched that recently myself. Yeah. So on oh, cable good, television, um, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a very good movie. I was going to say not his best work. Yeah. No, and he actually has consistently said it was it was a paycheck movie. It was kind of like a Christine, but actually Christine was good. Um, but it was it's one of those ones where it's not god awful or anything. It's very minimalist in a lot I remember, of respects. Was Christy Alley in that movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. They, um, and Christopher Reeve, Christopher yep. Reeve, and uh, <laughs> the lovely, lovely Meredith Salinger, who yeah. uh, I cannot believe is marrying Patton Oswalt. But that's uh, <laughs> I'm that's not another surprised Patton Oswalt's marrying her. Yeah, not at all. Right. Um, but uh, it was. Uh, it's just one of those movies where you just kind of like um, sleepwalk through it. There's yeah. really, yeah. you can definitely yeah. feel like oh, yeah. Carpenter did as well. Um, it's just, it's not it bad. It does have Mark Hamill in it. It does have Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Florence and Body Bag, but right. I still enjoyed it. Right. Um, but yeah, just kind of a very, um, it, it feels like a made-for-TV movie. Super forgettable, totally. and Not especially as... right on the heels of In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, yes. like what the hell, you know? Yeah, it was one of those ones where I just feel like, uh, you know, what I thought of, honestly it was a lot of the King adaptations, like the Tommy Knockers and Golden mm-hmm. Years. Yeah, that's the way it felt. I, I, it I think I, I think Golden Years is way better than either of those two movies. Though. Really? Yeah, wow, that's like I one do. of my least favorites. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I think Tommy Knockers is spectacularly terrible, but so is, is the terrible. book. Yeah, you it know. is. It's definitely. But, yeah, we should we should save that for our Stephen our, our King. King yes, yeah, but yeah. um, I will go in here. Is I Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my second favorite film of all time. But I actually honored Hooper with another Scream Factory releases. I wanted to watch the Fun House. 
Nice. That is yeah, that yeah. is the one I wanted to uh, start off with. Do the tagline. Pay to get in. Pray to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And one um, of the best taglines. One of the best ever. taglines. I actually had um, those who remember the uh, prismatic stickers. Ooh, that yeah. was one of the ones I got out of the vending machine and wish I still had from a pizza joint back in like nineteen ninety. The main girl from that. It's cool. I had such a crush on her. Yeah, many Elizabeth people did, Barrage. especially with her um her titties. Yeah, I know she was also titties. an Am- an Amadeus as well. Yes, and she, I mean, she does a really good job. I actually will say, for all the archetypes in this movie, all the kind of um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's very generic, of course, because it's a slasher. But I still feel this is an incredibly clever and fun movie. Like, I really enjoy this. I think there's great cinematography. Um, it's definitely one of his most underrated movies. Like, yeah. it just really, really works. It's, I think, it just a, it's a good, it's one of those movies as well that, I mean, I think I've talked about this before, but it's like, it's one of those movies that just feels kind of dark and actually genuinely scary. You know, I mean, I really like horror movies that are a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, those are the ones I tend to revisit a lot, but, um, this one just feels icky. It's grimy. Know? Yeah. But uh, what I'm seeing fun in it is, is that it's fun, like until things go wrong, which makes it right. way more realistic, which I mean, I'm sorry, in the, the seventies and eighties, I mean, this probably could happen. Now, obviously the deformity part, but I mean, right. the, <laughs> the, um, which is still one of the craziest reveals, I would say along with uh phenomena as yeah. like. The craziest like face reveal. Well, I still haven't seen Phenomena, so I have that. Uh, oh, well, but yeah, but it, no, it's okay. There's a face reveal. Yeah. It's not a spoiler. It's a, no, but it's it's Walls one. I'm excited. You don't expect. There we go. Um, I'll I'll let the chimpanzee tell you that part. <laughs> Damn, um, you said too much. I've said too much. <laughs> okay. But um, anyways, the um, it's just one of those films, though. I mean, I really feel though the part where he um sneaks up though on the blonde girl with the shadow play in the fan and stuff like that, the uh, exhaust fan. I mean, that's genuinely unsettling. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where he gets to his like Texas Chainsaw style griminess. It's it's mean. But then the rest of the film, I just think the interplay of the sibling rivalry, t- rivalry taken to the like rivalry, rivalry. There, there we go. go. Sorry. I actually just tracked <laughs> vocals of my band, so I'm like totally exhausted, especially after work and stuff. So yeah, the Seattle slurs in full effect. Yeah. Um, but uh, very, very um good film. So I just yeah. wanted to kick that one off because I think some people did go with other Hooper films that are less yeah. popular or less well known. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like that one, even though with the Scream re-release, it's still not one. <laughs> That's a good way. To... Most people remember. Well, I've been it. drinking yeah. since eleven a.m. Yeah. That's, That's where my slurs are. We should all just mention <laughs> our favorite good. movie. Oh, yeah. I, I would like yeah. to go yeah, next. Yeah, for then. sure. Unless uh, Josh wants I mean, to go. I mean, look. Okay, I, I can't say. Look, with favorite. <laughs> It's got to be Poltergeist, and I understand that's a big, you know, question as to who really directed that movie or whatever. We're but if gonna I'm going to go say, Toby. yeah, I'm going to say if Ooh. that's, you know, and and here's the reason I think that that's definitely freaking uh, Toby Hooper is I understand Spielberg must have had a big influence, and I'm not going to deny that he directed a lot of that movie. But that movie is not a Spielberg movie. No. That movie feels very, very different than a Spielberg movie. It has, has these Spielbergian moments to it, but I feel the Toby Hooper in that. And I feel that it's very, you know, even when he was alive, I was having this argument. I feel it's very disrespectful 
to Toby Hooper to just say Spielberg directed that movie. No, no that's man. taking away from what Toby you, you Hooper. Notice can, no you know, one can... ever brings this up about Goonies, FYI. Right. Oh, and like, what's yeah. up with that? Like, yeah. you have to apply that brush every way. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. And there's some other ones, but I, I definitely think the 80s was a hot or Joe, bed for oh, this. Oh, Steven Spielberg directed Gremlins. It wasn't Joe Dante. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, even though that movie feels so freaking yeah. Joe Dante. It's extremely Joe yeah, Dante. Exactly. And I agree 100%. The Poltergeist, there is one of the most brutal movies, and it's rated PG. Yeah. Like, well, this is all before the PG advent 13. of the PG-13. No, and which Gremlins, yeah. of course, brought about along with Temple And so you're right. Certain parts of that movie, like uh, when all the bodies are coming up out of the mud. Yeah. That's totally Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Texas well, Chainsaw man, Massacre-esque type stuff. Bodies. That like, was not yeah. That was not Steven like Spielberg. The part in the closet where it's like you've just got the light flashing yes. at them. And that's that feels so Toby Hooper to me. You know, that, that there's so many movies of his where that is such a character, you know, just like these bright flashes. He used light in like a really abrasive way that I think was really fascinating. Um, but I, I just have to say, I mean, because look, that is my favorite, but I really do want to call out a movie that I think it's a lot of shit that I love, which is Invaders from Mars. Um, the oh, no way. Movie. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, I love yeah, that movie great. a lot. I mean, it seems to be like Karen the... Mother F and Black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, the just the the dialogue around it always seems about oh, that, that. That's a shit movie. And it's no. one of those movies that I've loved as a kid. Um, and that really just, it drives me nuts that people, you the know, thing just, is it was shot campy on purpose, right? You yeah. know, it was yeah, an dude, homage. Have you seen the original? Like, yeah, it was an homage to like fifties yeah. sci-fi movies, and it's a lot less campy than the original. No, I mean, and that was like and the it's aliens. not even that. It's me. There, another one where his spirit, like I said, some people might <laughs> mean say spirited. it was mean yeah. spirited, <laughs> yeah. but I said I think Toby was he was abrasive. He was. I mean, that's obvious. Like I said, yeah. I understood his personality in a lot of other respects. Like when it translated to film, that he was just really like just didn't point punches, and I think they put that one in. It's like. Do you think about that situation? I mean, it's pretty frightening. Right. Like, I always think children in danger is one of the best ones. Like I said, obviously, it's not just my love of kids getting killed. Right. It's that I truly feel that people can sympathize when you're young, you're powerless. And yeah. I feel like yeah. nobody talks. I mean, like, that's why I think films are really scary when the, the child is not believed. Right? Yes. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, and you just have these incredible performances, obviously, Karen Black in there. But, I mean, you've got Timothy Bottoms and Lorraine Newman as his parents. They're so weird. Yeah, like when yeah she... Timothy Bottoms especially. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You almost feel like you're seeing them through the kid's perspective. Uh-huh. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like she, like, burns the bacon. Yeah. Or it's like he, he puts all the, like, aspirin. It was, like, aspirin or Tylenol into coffee. And he's, like, crunching it. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, of course, Louise Fletcher. I mean, just terrific. Nurse and she's, ha- like, nurse ratchet. Yeah, David Gardner, yeah. or like she, when she like eats the frog, uh-huh. um, you know, just like I, I just freaking love that movie. I th- and and it's really, it's super super. Um, uh, it honors the original as well. Yeah. You know, like it's it, it's a remake, but I mean the, the the beginning part where it's like he watches the thing through his window is almost shot for shot, and you know the guy who plays the kid uh, in the original is in the movie as a cameo. Um, and so that's one thing I love about it as well is that it was really, um, you know, it really respected the source material as well. Um, but that was always honestly a favorite movie of mine as a kid before I even know who Toby Hooper was. Um, I always loved Invaders from Mars. So that's the one I want to call out. Boom. Jazz, mine, uh, hands down, without any kind of doubt, 
miles and miles away from any other movie because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Nice. I love that movie. That was one of my that was one of our other go tos. That whole opening scene with the chainsaw through the top of the car into the dude's head. Everything about that. And I'm gonna say this part specifically because I know my wife will be listening because I've been saying this phrase since I was seventeen years old. The infamous leatherface chainsaw masturbation scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which she will argue Dog is not. Will Dog will hunt. And of course, yeah, um, our, uh, without, uh, without that movie, there would be no, uh, Otis Driftwood. So, there um, would be no, uh, you know, I've never any... seen that movie. Wow. Yeah. So I just watched, um, the first one for my first time about two years ago. Wow. Yeah. You're missing out. Yeah. It's, well, it's I've, amazing. I'll seek it out at yeah. this point. It's got yeah. a very, when you talk about mean spirited. Yeah. That is probably that but it whole is movie also the from funniest. start. I yes, mean, it is a true dark comedy. Yes, like absolutely, black comedy. It absolutely. Is so funny that um, people. I mean, the very first time I saw it, I was just so blown away. It is the complete polar opposite of the original, but then yes. it's, it's exactly like the original. Like, in it's it's if the original movie was the Hitchhiker right. in every single that's interesting scene, basically. Yeah, to me, the uh, I mean, having watched the original fairly recently um, of Texas Chainsaw, you know, the most disturbing parts to me weren't the parts with Leatherface at all. It was the parts where they had like the girl tied to the chair, and, like the old man was like sucking on her fingers. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, was. I mean, it's just that was that that just was horrifying. Well, yeah, my my big thing about this movie is this was Bill Mosley's first movie role. Uh huh. And uh, he actually got the role because uh, Toby Hooper happened to see this short film that he made. Um, that he wasn't even really a big character, and he was sitting in a car like he was like a stalker, and he looked so sinister. And right. If I screw the story up, excuse me, but he looked so sinister. Um, Toby Hooper was like, "Who's that guy? I gotta have him." That's awesome. And it launched him into everything we know and love from him today. Uh, also, you got the uh, the cook. Yes, Drayton Sawyer. Whole, uh, if you loved him in the first one, it's yes. the same same. Uh, actor and he absolutely is amazing then you add an obsessed dennis hopper to that yeah because dennis hopper was the uh, father of the kid in the wheelchair from the first movie okay so he was all about getting his revenge on the family gotcha and a lot of this happens at their little at their compound like underground and all this it's crazy i'm I'm not going too much i'm just letting you know i'm excited i'm man i almost i wish i wish my copy of it wasn't okay i'll I'll pick it up at uh zia records you can go to zia records and find it at a reasonable price because somebody brought it in sure used they have it. but yeah uh that's mine man uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 nice. hands down is a masterpiece yeah. thank you toby hooper yeah i'm probably even though i really enjoy melinda may's constant nudity throughout life force <laughs> um, <laughs> matilda yeah yeah matilda, oh, matilda may. may yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh, i'm oh, gonna oh, say uh uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 1, I feel, is, like, an essential movie because, you know, for all the love people like to throw at Black Christmas, which is a good movie, yeah. it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, the first slasher movie. And it also popularized the uh, based-on-a-true-story type yeah, right. movies because Last House on the Left came out, like, a year or two later, which was, like, Wes Craven's yep. uh, first movie. I yep. think it was right. It Actually, was. Last House in Love was first. It was in seventy two, and uh, 
Texas Chainsaw was 74. Really? Yeah. It Are you was sure? um Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, basically, it, you know, it all comes from the vine of that tree. You know? yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah, all I wouldn't no, call no, that no, uh, the slasher yeah. movie and either. Then, you know, no, no, I'm well, no, it's a revenge yeah, yeah. movie, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying it's a based on a true story. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For because sure. after that comes stuff like, you know, the town that dreaded sundown and all that kind yep. of stuff. It just, a lot of vines come from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That if that hadn't been as successful as it was, I think it was like the most successful horror movie since like Exorcist. It, it's a film where because of the uh, mafia's involvement yeah. with the box office, no one will ever know for sure how much <laughs> exactly made. Um, you know, even with uh, Halloween being mainstream yeah. and you know more responsibly obviously accounted for. Yeah. You know who knows one hundred percent, but yeah, it's but definitely you you, one of the most successful. Have Friday the Thirteenth without Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Correct. No, you can't have any of and them. You, and it, you know, it all. It also is like one of the earliest examples of the Final Girl. Yeah. You know the whole you know serial killer slasher guy chasing people, and I, I'll say like because I I pretty much hate Franklin in this movie. It also is the but, one of the first instances of the Final Girl gets away, but yeah. she doesn't get away. Yes. You know. But it's overall, it's a solid movie, especially like when you first see like Leatherface the way he's like. Oh yeah, it's just fucking. It's so brutal and in your face and right there. Yeah, that it's it's like whoa, you almost back up a little bit. Yeah, even the end of that movie when she gets away and like you know Leatherface is just dancing with it. It's just just my favorite. Beautifully shot film in general. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean on the budget that that thing had to have been, and I mean in '74, obviously this (laughs) independent film. Um, it was really shot gorgeous. Daniel Pearl is probably one of the top three most underrated DPs of all time. Like mm-hmm. he is astonishingly um, good at his craft, and he's just one of those people like people just don't talk about his work. But he's incredible. I also will say this is the most unusual score to a film right. of all time, mm-hmm. but the most distinctive. You can that literally camera. play that sharpness of the crank yeah. camera flash, Burr. and that sound. I mean, anyone who's a fan knows it. Chills. It gives you but chills. But it gives right. you chills. I mean, it's such a bizarre. I mean, from John Larroquette's opening narration right. into that shot in the cemetery. I mean, it's my favorite um, film of all time. Like, it's my second favorite film of all time. Definitely. It's really hard between that and Exorcist. It's, it's just so. They're both so perfect. They were released. A year apart, and they're just—it's. I don't know what it is about each of them. I and mean, one's a big Hollywood movie; the other one is a borderline documentary. Right. Um, and that's why I've always said about Texas Chainsaw—it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just nothing else that you can say. Let me. Ask, what do you got? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, man. Sorry, I was just, the only question. Let me ask you this because I'm—I need to know. I don't. I don't want people to start throwing stuff at me. How do you think the uh, the Jessica Biel remake holds up to the original? I don't think it does at all. I do think the trailer to that movie because they did a lot of the actual movie. exactly because they did a lot of those shots like almost frame for frame yeah. from the movie. I actually and I the think trailer they, for that movie is so good with like the cocktail. I was going to say, and I feel like they did it just for the trailer. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, they did a great job. I mean, I actually do like the remake. I, actually I do think too. The, I think the beginning is awesome as well. They're both really gritty movies. Oh well, I like how the 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 hitch the hitchhiker and. Yeah, all the way up to when they get to the farm, it's like really done well, especially yes. how the hitchhiker yeah. kills herself. Which is which is another great because yeah. Daniel Pearl was yeah. the cinematographer on that film mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, 
And then I will say Arlie Ermey's actually. Yeah, I was just going to say. Where that movie fails is how most 2000s remakes failed. Like, oh, we're not going to make a sequel to this. Let's kill off all the interesting characters. And yeah. Fuck, let's cut off Leatherface's arm by while yeah, we're at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, obviously what's going to happen no matter what in these movies. It's just, it's remarkably short-sighted. Of they had to have known that was going to generate a sequel. Right. Yeah, and then well, the prequel to it is so bad. Thanks, Michael Bay. Well, actually, uh, I, I, see, I like the beginning, but I also think it's just because it's such like a grindhouse movie. It's yeah, just so... Yeah. But that's the thing. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. It's just like why they haven't made the damn Friday the 13th remake. When you talk about all the Platinum Dune stuff. Which is right. funny because the 2009 Friday the 13th was perfectly fine. I liked I it. Nothing. Yeah, yeah it was great. But that's what I mean. But no, I'm saying as to your comment about short-sightedness. Yeah, yeah that's the hallmark uh, of the aughts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know what the hell else you want to call them, okay? No, no I love it. Okay, I love it. I just want to make sure. I yeah. actually used that term the other day, and my wife was like, okay, Kirby. Sure, so <laughs> I was like, are, hey, but, that's uh, not bad. What was your uh, underrated favorite from him, or one that you really liked that people don't talk about as much? Um, I mean, Besides I feel, jacking off no, the life force. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Salem's Lot is the underrated Oh, favorite. I love I People forget Lot. he directed that yeah. movie. Yeah. I will say that I was going to pick Salem's Lot as well for my top one, because it is absolutely the creepiest film ever. I mean, people always talk about it, of course, mm-hmm. but I really think Salem and Stephen King adaptations, but no, I, no, it is the so mangler? unsettling. No, the mangler, but I will say on the TV tip, the inaugural episode of Phrase Nightmares, the No More Mr. Nice oh, Guy. Yeah, I remember that. Dude, yes. Was, the, uh, totally. was my pick. It's yeah. a fantastic, yeah. fantastic it a, episode. It's a great episode. He really had talent for TV that I wish they had given more chances and stay lane. And Although I do also like the remake of Toolbox Murders. That Mortuary film was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen uh, with Denise Crosby. And then I never even bothered with the gin where he just got that... Uh, Emirati's money and just made this abortion. So I'm well, sorry, Toby. I wish you'd gone out on on top, but you did no matter what because mm-hmm. you were one of the greatest. He directed a Tales from the Crypt as well. I'm trying to remember which one. He also did a Masters of Horror War. episode. That was he a did great amazing episode stories. too. Um, yeah, he did um, Amazing Stories, The Equalizer, Phrase Nightmares. Right. I will Nowhere tell you, man, though, um, that part in Salem's Lot. The, the famous scene where the vampire kid's floating at the window. Yeah. That used to scare the living Dude, that gets, out of me. Dude, that gets parodied so, yeah, it does. so much. And everybody assumes it's from uh, The Lost Boys. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they parodied... Like, they did it on The Simpsons. Well, they yeah. parodied... Straight out of there. They did a parody the of it Slayer. in the... The movie's Buffy yeah. the Vampire Yeah, Slayer. well, and they parodied it in The Lost Boys also. Yeah. David Arquette, when you know when Mike was floating by the window. Oh no, it is. It's one of the it's most. A total I think everything. I think the um. Oh god, the um. Mike the the grave digger in Salem's Lot mm-hmm. when he's seen there in the mm-hmm. room with his eyes is got to be one of the creepiest fucking. And things I love on the Earth yeah and me. the and the. I think uh, that's also one of the only times that like Nosferatu design works. In I was going to yeah. say I love the Nosferatu from that movie. Totally. Yeah, Reggie Reggie Nalder also. And, and speaking of that design, you should definitely sometime 
watch uh, what, what we, we do in the shadows. Yeah. yeah. Right, oh no, I coming. love what we do in the shadows. <laughs> the uh, Peter was the. He was best. talking to me. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry, buddy. I I was like, oh, I love that one. Nice. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Toby Hooper, that's a huge loss, and it's true. Uh, I mean, John Carpenter is going to live forever, so it's okay. Don't right. worry about it. But <laughs> but it is a really. I mean, it's been a rough couple of years, right? You know, with with uh, Wes Craven and obviously George A. Romero and. I mean, you know, Kirby, if we lose John Carpenter within the next couple of days, it's your fault. Stop I'm just it. saying. He actually, I mean, I think he actually is on, I think the music revived him because <laughs> a couple of years ago, I mean, I saw conventions He was looking pretty bad. Yeah. 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 really bad. We're, we're going to go see him in uh, Santa Cruz on that's November awesome. 5th. So that's that's yeah, awesome. I'm probably going to go out to one of the shows here. But, but yeah, I love Toby Hooper, man. I mean, uh, Poltergeist is one of my hands down favorite movies. I mean, I'd probably oh, so say Poltergeist is in my top ten films Good of stuff. all time. Um, absolutely love that movie so much. I mean, it's part of the banner year that was 1982. Um, but you know, I just yeah, I love it, man. I mean, Invaders from Mars and uh, Poltergeist and Life Force were three of like my favorite movies as a kid. Like I watched wow. those movies like on repeat. Those three movies. Um, and just like totally, I mean, just it, one of the, one of the main things that defined my taste in film that mm-hmm. got me into science fiction and horror in general. I mean, genre is, I mean, Toby Hooper's one of the most important people to that. So, you know, and he was a guy that was, uh, that, you know, was known for being very kind of, you know, soft spoken, um, you know, and he didn't say anything. I mean, this whole, his name being dragged through the mud with the poltergeist thing, you know, I mean, he kind of handled all that with such class. Um, and I, you know, I just think that, you know, I, I hope that people do go back and revisit some of his films. Like, I'm going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to. too. Definitely. Yes, yeah. you do. Well, it's kind of like what Kirby was saying about Wes Craven, that he was such a soft-spoken, just nice guy. Right. But he could make the most fucked up movies, yep. you know, yeah. because... Well, the way I've understood Toby's direction was he was very much to the point on a lot of stuff. But he was, he's just one of those, the directors where I feel like he really just never got his chance. It's kind of like Romero towards the end of his career, the last 10 years or so, 15 years. I really feel like he didn't, he either was going to be pigeonholed of the dead forever, or he was never, because he really took some risks that were amazing. And I felt like Toby Hooper, if he had been given a better chance, I also feel, I mean, I don't think a huge amount of notice was ever given, but he was the, um, well, allegedly, because we'll never now know, but he was the victim of domestic violence. Um, oh, wow. His girlfriend horribly, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, horribly abused him. Um, like, and so um, she's quite a bit uh, younger. And I mean, I just feel mm-hmm. like, you know, he was one of those dudes who probably did have a lot of abuse at several people's hands. Um, but I think that, you know, he always persevered. It was amazing. Actually, a few, um, weeks ago, I noticed people, um, that I follow on Instagram who are from the UK scene. He had actually gone out to a convention in the United Kingdom. And that was like, I I don't think I've ever seen him at very few other appearances. I guess, you know, that was just one thing. So, I mean, I'd really hope to see him. I was like, oh, it's amazing. So I'm very bummed. I never got to thank him, but I actually posted about and said, you know, I taking that time just as I've done with all the ones uh, that I never got to meet, like Wes Craven and saying, I want to thank you for, you know, everything you've done and for being so incredible. And of course, as I signed off on that one, you know, I owe you, I owe you a Dr. Pepper because that's, (laughs) that's a good note to go go on. on. Yep. There you go. And again, uh, you know, if you enjoy our conversations, let us know what your favorite Toby Hooper 
uh, joint was because we all like hearing what you're talking about. Leave us a comment on the page or on the Facebook. And, uh, you know, if you got any other thoughts, let us know. We'll get them on the air in some form. But uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Join us next time for Unsolved Mysteries of the Film World. Here <laughs> on Cult Following, we're doing uh, trivia on September 12th. If you're in town in Phoenix, join us for uh, Fight Club on September 9th, Little Shop of Horrors on September 23rd, and The Lost Boys at our new event, Monster Market. Yeah. Tickets are everything up on CoClassicsAZ.com. Uh, until next time, I am the Moreno along with Jasperino. You ruined my brand new Sonny Bono wig! <laughs> Kirby Nelson. Maybe you could help solve a mystery. <laughs> and Joshua T. Root. This house is clean. <laughs> so until next time, folks, his name was Toby Hooper. His name was Toby Hooper. Dog will hunt.